Any information that we share during this podcast is general information only. Please do not act on that information without considering the appropriateness towards your specific needs and outcomes. Ideally, we suggest that you go and meet with a financial planner and get personal advice. Hi folks, Scott Malcolm here from Money Mechanics. I'm a financial planner by trade, but please don't hold that against me. I'd like to welcome you along to Looking Under the Hood, where we're going to be unpacking the money stuff. So what I mean by that is that we're human beings. We're all born into this financial system in which we live, and we never get formal education around money and how it impacts our decision-making and our lives. We're going to be interviewing guests and sharing my experience with 20 years as a financial planner around how you can upskill and empower yourself in relation to the money in your life. I often say the one commonality that we all share as human beings is that we're born into this financial system. It's far from perfect, but as human beings, we learn and have learned experiences around money. Some of those experiences will support us. Some of those may sabotage our decision making. Let's have a think about our earliest memories around money. Now, some of these will be positive or or good or even joyous memories around money. Some may be a bit more painful. One of my first memories is I used to play with coins that my grandparents had sent me. Now, it wasn't about the value of the coins, the five cent pieces, or I've even got a, a round 50 cent piece for anybody who remembers those. It was about the different pictures on there. So the the one and two cent coins, the five cent coins, the special Anzac Day coins that are are released. And so I remember the playfulness and that that nice, innocent uh, energy around just playing with the money. Also, I remember some great experience about saving up. I remember buying a a Walkman back in the day. So saving all the money, going and doing um, some jobs around the place and and making some money to to go and save up and, and buy that. So some of these memories are really nice and light and joyful. I like to talk about those because how we're exposed to money in those formidable years can be part of how we actually start to then build our mindset around money. Today's episode, we're talking to Georgia Ellis from Blue Chip Minds, who is going to help us to understand a little bit more about what mindset is in the context of money, but also to help give you a couple of tools that you can be doing to just understand a little bit more about your mindsets. And if there is some things that you want to change in that regard, some exercises or some tools that you can use to adjust that. Today we're here to talk about the mindset stuff and, and I guess Georgia I really wanted to sit down with you and have that conversation because there's, there's so many people out there that talk about money mindset and then sort of throw in the oh we'll just change the story or change the script and almost like a throwaway comment and it can be easy sometimes but I, I know the big shift in adjusting mindset can be a big one so 
I just wanted to, I guess, get your insights and some tools and things that people can use and take away, especially when it comes to the money stuff. And I guess being my first guest, my idea is to ask everybody, um, what are your first memories when it comes to, to money? I love that question. When you ask that, I think about my memories of money, but they're not my first. So my mm. first memories, I think, are a little bit positive in relation to, I remember having a piggy bank. And I remember putting my pocket money in that piggy bank and then opening it like it was a, I think it was a, uh, I was either orange or pink. I can't remember exactly. I had a flower on it, this little ceramic piggy bank. And I wish I could find something like it nowadays. And I can remember pulling the rubber stopper out and just pouring my money out and counting it and then putting it back in again. So that was my first sort of memory of money that I go back to. But then on top of that are other layers of memories of money as well. So I'm going to be honest, and I hope mum doesn't listen to this, but I remember camping and mum and dad would go off fishing and I'd go into their part of the tent and steal 20 cents to go and buy a donut. So, you know, there's lots of memories about money. There's me being a thief. There's me saving money. Um, But there's also the stories that I heard growing up about not having enough as well. But they're not my first memories. My first memories are that, that, that gorgeous piggy bank and putting money in there. Um, and saving it. That's, that's, it. There seems like there's such an innocence and even a playfulness to it. And I think a lot of people would connect to that, that piggy bank story. And one of, one of my early memories around money as well is that, that piggy bank thing. And it wasn't about the actual coins or the value of the coins themselves. It was more around the pictures because I remember my grandparents used to send, um, they were in Perth and I grew up in Canberra, so they were sending coins across to us. And it was all about the pictures and, and that playfulness around money. And I don't know whether it's uh, I've stumbled now into a career where I, I play with other people's money on a daily basis. So I don't know if that's uh, something to, to look at. So I guess when it comes to the mindset stuff, I, money and other things are very much learnt experiences. So what are some things that people can look out for when it comes to, I guess, building that self-awareness when it comes to their own money scripts or their own money stories and behaviours? So what I want to start with is, First of all, ensuring people understand what mindset is. It's a term that's thrown around a lot. We go, oh, what's your money mindset? And people go, oh, yeah, whatever. And you're talking about scripts and all this lingo that we hear out there at the moment. And I think the first step of that awareness around money is to understand what mindset actually is as well. Love it. Please go there. (laughs) So our mindset is formed over, over our lifetime and it continues to form. But it's mainly formed in our very early, early years. And what happens is from the time we're conceived right up until around seven or eight years of age, we're in what we call theta brainwave. So we're in a hypnotic state. And this is nature's beautiful way of creating us so that we can learn the rules of living, the rules of being a human. And what happens is we're walking around as a young child and learning more through osmosis than anything else. So we're observing our environment. We're observing our parents, we're observing our caregivers, family members, our teachers, preachers, whatever, you name it. We're observing them and without having the ability to cast judgment or analyse what we're observing, we take that on and it forms a subconscious and this is where the stories come in. It starts to form these beliefs about certain things and we carry that with us throughout, throughout our life. So mindset is our beliefs, what we believe about certain things. So in this case, what we believe about money, not what we believe intellectually, what we believe based on 
those deep-seated beliefs that we have and sometimes we don't realise that they're different and not aligned to what we consciously believe. So there's the beliefs that we have become mindset. Our perceptions, how we see the world forms our mindset. And then there's also the things that we value. And then there's our daily habits and what we do. These all make up mindset. So for your listeners, I want them to be really clear that mindset is, is, is deep and there's a lot of layers to it. So if someone says to you, hey, you need to go and change your money mindset, be prepared for a little bit of work and a little bit of digging, digging around to the roots of, of what could be causing some of the results that you're getting in your life. And one of the things that I love to help people with is to understand that if you want to know what your mindset is around a certain topic, all you need to do is look at your results in that area. Because what, hap yeah, what happens is our mindset pretty much dictates 95% of what we do. It comes from a subconscious program and we live everything habitually through this subconscious program. So if you want to know what your mindset is about money, check out your payslip and see what you're earning. That tells you what you believe you're worth in relation to income. Look at your savings, see how much money you've got in the bank. That's a be aligned to what you think your worth in, and how much you can save in your saving habits. And check out your credit card statement. Those results are going to show you your mindset. I think that's a really nice way to start and go, okay, now I'm starting to understand that there's this deeper layer of me that is controlling my results towards money. So then how do we change that, right? Yeah, definitely. And that's so true because I'll often see clients that come in and they're, they're struggling to either get out of debt or they, they've got every intention of doing it and they're going, yeah, yeah, I've been doing it, trying to get out of debt for years, but there's that underlying hook that's basically got them going on. And I love that you say it is actually going to take work because I've, I've heard other people talk around mindset and mind shift and changing. They're like, oh, we'll just rewrite the script. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be a bit of a, a deeper process than that. Rewriting the script is a good tool. It's one of many, though. Yeah. And so I guess talking about some of those tools, so I guess getting that starting point of going, well, okay, where am I at? Where's the check-in? And so that the things you just talked about there and say, right, what's my balance sheet looking like in, in that regard is a good starting point for that. So if, if people then want to start taking the journey of change and, and going through that process, I often say that sort of journey of self-discovery, once you start unpacking stuff, you never stop because people often come and go, oh, Scott, I just want the financial plan so I can go, right, fold that away, get on with uh, enjoying life. But it is actually that ongoing journey and that thing that we do have to keep putting um, some, some effort and energy into as well. One thing people don't know that they're up against is themselves when they're wanting to make change around any kind of mindset. And the reason for that is our bodies and brains have been beautifully designed to keep us safe. And being safe means staying in the familiar the hand clasp thing, I, I think a lot of the time, and, and listeners can can do this, where you, you clasp your hands, and George, I don't know if, if we did do this last time, but would you want to clasp your hands with me, George? Okay, let's, oh, let's okay, beautiful. Game. So which thumb have you got on top? I have my um, right. Yeah, I'm, I've got my left, and, and again, there's no right or wrong with that stuff, but but just change your thumbs for a moment, like keep your hands clasped and just change your thumbs for a moment. How does, how does that feel? Terrible. 
a little bit uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Someone showed me this as a as a thing to say, well, we've got all these unconscious things and behaviours that happen, and clasping your hands is is one of those, and even like folding your arms, I think, is a, is another where you you always just do it one way and it feels comfortable. And so that that change thing is going to make you again give you the the physical discomforts. It's going to give you emotional and, and other triggers potentially as well. I, I like that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's all yours now. I pass it on. I pass it on. <laughs> thank to, you, thank to you share for the gift. <laughs> so that's a really good thing to to keep in mind as well. Is that it is going to feel uncomfortable. There's a part of you that's going to want to flip that thumb back to the comfort, basically. So when you're going to make changes, but what we need to first do is understand, well, what is driving, what's driving my money mindset? What are those beliefs? What are my values and what are my habits? What are my actions that I'm taking towards money? So one way to get into the subconscious mind, besides looking at your results, another way is to do unconscious processing is one thing which we can do. We can tap into the subconscious through this. And this requires you to write a question and sleep on it and wake up with your journal and write what comes up straight away, first thing in the morning. So this is called unconscious uh, processing. I think it's called the Zygonark effect, and it's actually scientifically proven. And what you can do with this is ask yourself a, a simple question right at the top of your journal or a piece of paper before you go to bed and just say, what am I pretending not to know about money? Or what am I pretending not to know about my money mindset? And then sleep on it, wake up, and free write. Now, when you're free writing, when you first start, the conscious mind, because you're waking up, will struggle a little bit. Just write whatever comes up. If you're feeling like nothing's coming up right, nothing's coming up right now, and this is a stupid exercise. I don't believe it's going to work, and I don't know what, and just keep writing. And write, put a timer on, write for about five to seven minutes, and then stop. If nothing comes up, fine, do it another day. But more than likely, something will come up, will bridge up for you. We can utilize the same sort of effect without sleep, and this is, again, you'd need to put a timer on for about 90 seconds. Have a blank piece of paper and just put in the middle, a circle in the middle of that paper and write the word money. And then start your timer and just write anything around that circle that comes up for you when you think about money. If you find you're pausing and thinking and, you know, and looking up to the sky and starting to consciously think, just stop. Because now you've moved into the conscious mind, you're no longer accessing subconscious. I was mentoring a young lady, and I was in London, and she was coming to see me um, and have a coffee. And she'd been struggling a little bit with money and, and so forth. And anyway, so she arrived at the coffee uh, cafe, hotel, wherever it was, I can't remember. So she sat down, we started talking. And so I grabbed out a serviette, and I put a circle in the middle, and I wrote money. I said, I want you to just start listing out anything and I'm writing scribing for her anything that comes up for you around money now this is a few years ago so this is my memory acting here but here's some of the things she said bankruptcy debt men will buy it for me hard work helps me facilitate my dreams and then when she started really thinking about it we stopped and we ended up with about 20 different things some positive, some negative. And what we've done is just dived into her beliefs about money. Her mindset was now bubbling up on a serviette. 
And when we unpack that further, now this person I was mentoring, absolutely stunning, gorgeous woman, and she had been dating celebrities and they would buy everything for her. So she walked in to see me with a beautiful, you know, branded handbag and looking gorgeous and glamorous, but she had to borrow money to catch a train to come and see me. She had nothing in the bank. All right. And then we unpacked a little bit further around some of the things that came up around bankruptcy and debt. And her, her mother had filed for bankruptcy during her childhood. So therefore she had this association with money means bankruptcy. And then her father also was always in debt. So she had from these two different, and they had separated when she was younger, she had two different models playing out for her that were now becoming her reality. And then the, the comment around men will buy it for me was, it's all right, money's fine. I just find myself a rich man. Think about that and think about that simple exercise and what that bubbles up. Mm. I guess that, that journaling, those exercises can be a good way of unpacking and, and seeing where you sit. So, so once you've done that, and I often also find when I go running, like it's often where I'll park something and all of a sudden stuff will flow for me. And it's often my journal, so to speak. So I do a bit of journaling as, as well as, as the exercise thing. Absolutely. We're moving into neuroscience and flow oh. science now. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so what, what you're doing when you're running and when you're in the shower, uh, we, we're changing our brainwave patterns. So we're moving from the high beta thinking analytical mind and we're starting to get down into alpha and theta where subconscious Yeah, is. fantastic. So what happens is we're in the shower, we're probably around about the alpha and we start getting ideas because that's daydreaming creativity. And then a little bit lower than that, which could be the, the running or being in the shower extra long, starts to bubble up some of the beliefs and so forth. So yes, movement can do that. When we get the conscious mind out of the way, the subconscious, we can start to tap into the subconscious. And look, you could go to a hypnotherapist if you wanted to. Like, seriously, but why do that when you can do it yourself and it doesn't cost you any money? <laughs> so yeah, there are definitely ways to do that. But the best thing is to look at your results and then look at what sort of things are driving behind that. What beliefs do you have? We want to uncover those things. So yes, running will may, may do that. Journaling can do that. Another thing you can do is pay attention to how you're feeling viscerally when people talk about money because your subconscious mind is in every cell of your body. So if you're sitting in a restaurant that's a fancy restaurant and you're feeling really uncomfortable, that's telling you something. That's telling you you don't feel opulent, rich. You don't feel like you're worth being here. So therefore, that's a signal. So our bodies continually give us these signals around money. But also pay attention to what things give you feedback. So social media is brilliant for this. And there was a post that I think my sister actually put it up. And she shared this picture of a, a wealthy family that had put on a sixth birthday for their daughter. And what they'd done is they'd hired an entire hotel suite and they'd done it up like a castle and everyone, it looked absolutely beautiful and opulent and everyone came dressed in like the old world princes and princesses and the little girl was in this beautiful frock and there's like hundreds of photos of this event that was, you know, shared. Then we look at the comments underneath that. 
So when you see something like that, what do you feel and what are you saying to yourself? They probably had to A, work really hard for that, or maybe they're, they're spending, they're wasting money. That's just too opulent, you know, always, you know, what are the stories you're telling? What are you putting out there in relation to money? So the comments on that post were really interesting for me to, to watch and see people's reactions and knowing that those people who were putting that event down were people that were struggling with money. I think that values alignment is really important. I often talk to people about the, the head and the heart based. So from financial planning perspective, I always say to people, well, it's, it's got to come from the heart based level. And um, really that values connection is, is important. So if, if you want to be enjoying those experiences, then align your life to that. And then obviously checking on the, the mindset stuff and really, as you say, getting that, that awareness and understanding of, of where to go from there. And so what are then some of the, the things that people can be doing from that perspective of, right, okay, I've got an understanding. I'm, I'm starting to understand where I'm coming from with the beliefs, the habits, the attitudes, the things that I've got ingrained. How do we then start to change those? Because it's going to be uncomfortable, but is it just as easy as starting to say, I'm wealthy and abundant? I'm wealthy and abundant. <laughs> That's a start. You can do that, but if you're not feeling wealthy and abundant, your subconscious mind's going to go, whatever. So, I would suggest starting small, first of all. Yes, some of those declarations of purpose are helpful because what we do over time through repetition, we can start to actually do that. That takes time and that takes effort. So yes, those things do work. But we also want to give the brain evidence that you have experienced wealth or that wealth is good or that whatever it is that you're moving towards saving is good. So that might be a little bit of cognitive work around sitting down and reframing. It might be looking at your fears around money. If I do this, I might lose all my money. So then looking at, it's almost like having contingencies in place for those things that you think might go wrong. So it becomes a bit of an intellectual and a heart game. You balance those things out. So looking for evidence might mean, well, let me find my own life where I have experienced good things with money because you probably have. And if you can't find them in your own life, look for people around you that have actually experienced some form of success in relation to money. Go and see, you know, you, Scott. And Scott, you could, without sharing names, you could share success stories. So now the brain goes, oh, okay, yes, I see the evidence now. Yeah, if other people can do it, I can do it. And we need to see more of those. The more you see it, the more the brain starts to accept it. And that subconscious programming does happen through repetition. So it can't be just one morning saying, yeah, I'm feeling rich and abundant. No, it's not going to work. But rewriting a script and doing those things like declarations of purposes or affirmations, as you called them before, they are helpful. But you need to actually sit and think about, well, what does this mean for me at a deeper level? What does this wealth creation mean for me? What's it going to give me? Not what society thinks I need to have, but how is that going to fulfill what I want at a deeper level? And that might be your ability to, you know, retire safely. How does that feel? Not how, how does it think and how does the numbers add up in the head? How does that feel to be in, you know, a 70-year-old living in your own home without of financial care in the world? How does that feel? really getting attuned to the feeling of it because the subconscious the language of the subconscious is feelings 
you don't get emotionally involved with the heart space and don't have value in it, if you can't find value, it will just reject it. Yeah, it's so, so, so true. And we talk with our clients a lot around the what does your ideal life look like? And not just, again, at the, the intellectual level, but, okay, well, tell me, what, what does it feel like when you, as you said before, retirement? Like, so what does that look like for you? Because for everybody, that individualness is key. And so where are you? Who are you with? Who are you sharing that moment with? What are you doing during that time? And then how do you feel as you're walking down the beach with your, your partner of 30 years or 40 years or whatever it might be and your dog and on FaceTime with your grandkids, like, how does that feel? And just being in that moment and going, wow, okay, well, that's that's where we're going to get you. We're going to take you to that point and get people on track with that. And again, alignment to values is so important and they're just key in, at the end of the day. And we said this earlier, there are a lot of layers to it and sometimes it takes a little bit more than just, you know, some affirmations and just unpacking some things. And if you find that's the case, I think reaching out to someone like you to help go a little bit deeper will definitely help. But first of all, understanding what mindset is and its capacity and what it wants to do is keep us safe with the known, whether that serve up serves your future aspirations or not, it doesn't care. Mm. So, so true. Be aware of that and be aware that you're, you're ready to, you know, step into something that potentially, like the thumb, is going to feel a little uncomfortable. I love that. Well, Georgia, I know we've been talking for a long time now, like time flies when you're having fun. Um, but I guess a few other take-home resources, like I look, I think of ego and, and things like that. I've, I've been really loving uh, Ryan Holiday's uh, books at the moment. So Ego is the Enemy, uh, Stillness is the Key. I've, I've really been enjoying those lately. So if people are listening and want a couple of other resources to jump into, they're probably on my list at the moment. Also love Benet Brown stuff. But have you got any other, I don't want to steal all the, the, the authors there, but have you got any other resources that you'd sort of point people towards other than obviously your amazing uh, podcasting and uh, you've got a couple of masterclasses and stuff that you do as well? Definitely jump on board a masterclass if you want to unpack things at a grander level around your whole life because everything is interconnected i'd suggest too that some form of meditation for you to find that stillness so that you can really connect with what is important to you and you can find those tools anywhere on insight timer and you may find something that works for you that actually has a money mindset self-hypnosis there's a lot of self-hypnosis programs and downloads you can do as well that will help you to be able to put yourself into that theta brainwave so you can start to retrain. But then just educating yourself. You know, education, and you can get that from anywhere. There's so many different books and opportunities. Like I, I worked for 22 years in the finance industry. So, you know, where's the resources? I couldn't tell you specifically because I've gathered them over years. That's great. And I think especially the meditation stuff, it's, it's about having a practice and just going through that process. I think that journey is is the important, like just starting the journeys. Get to know yourself. I think that's the, the weird thing. We often sort of look to other people or look to the financial planner or to the, the mindset coach to help fix us, but actually look within, like do some of that work and do the meditation, do those practices and start to build some of that awareness and, and understanding into your life as well. Georgia, it's been amazing. I've really appreciated connecting with you again. And thank you so much. I'll add all your social media handles and things georgia posts some amazing stuff on on insta as well i'm a bit of a an insta and a, a twitter fan so um go and check her are you on twitter as well 
Georgia wrote nine. No. Wrote nine. I'm just all about pictures. <laughs> I am. I'm a, I'm a visual person. And actually, we're all visual. So if you want more money, well, put lots of pictures of money around. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, well, I do follow the money hashtag on uh, on Instagram and uh, and on Twitter. It's, it's fascinating the things people will post on there anyway. But look, thank you so much for your time. It's, it's great to hear some of those resources and tools. It's been fantastic to get your insights. And hopefully people have, have picked up some great tips and uh, things that they can start on their journey when it comes to money in their life the thoughts the feelings the behaviors the mindsets that they have when it comes to how they're relating and as you say just checking in on their balance sheet at the moment and seeing how they're doing and if they do want to make some change there so thank you so much for coming along again thanks scott it's been an absolute pleasure to connect with you again and for our listeners all the best as you um, change and align your money mindset to the future that you want thanks georgia Thanks for listening. I hope you've gotten some great takeaways from that episode today. And hopefully that helps on your journey with money and the conversations that you have. Often as individuals and and members of a partnership will have differing mindsets and differing communication styles when it comes to the money stuff. What I often say is just making sure that you have open, honest communication channels when it comes to talking about money in your life and hope that that helps on your journey to achieving your financial outcome and financial success. If you want to find me, check us out on Twitter at money mechanics or one word or on instagram at money mechanics you can also check out our money mechanics blog at our website moneymechanics.com.au thanks for listening see you soon